going on guys? Thank you so much for joining me today. I am in the presence of an awesome guest. I'm super excited about this uh, episode. It's really someone that um, I have grown to admire a lot and just kind of from afar seeing some of the things that, that he has done and especially now getting ready for this uh, interview, some of the things that he has, he has told me about himself are super impressive. So I think that you guys are going to be able to find a lot of value out of this conversation. So I'm here with Brock Lassig. Um, so Brock, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a, truly an honor to have you on the show. Yeah, man, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited and hopefully I can bring value like you're hoping for. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just to kind of kick things off, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what your superhero origin story is, um, cool. what you do, what you're about. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I've been in this business now just over 10 years. I got in the business right after college. Um, my dad's been in this business a long time, about 30 years. So I knew it was kind of my, I, I, since I've been like five years old, I made the decision I was going to do this. And he was very successful and, and most of it was material. Um, you know, he had a lot of cool stuff and, and that was what I chased for a long time. Um, and I've really enjoyed it, but now I've, I've uh, you know, re-channeled my, my passion and my focus. Um, and, you know, I have a very defined purpose for what I bring to my clients and a very defined purpose for what I can bring to my team members, different loan officers. It's a unique opportunity we have in our industry to teach people how to make a great living and, and have a great lifestyle. So um, that's kind of just in a quick nutshell what my, what my story is. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, just so that you guys know, whenever I schedule an interview, I send out a questionnaire. And I've been doing this for years, ever since my first podcast back in 2012, I've been doing this. And every now and then you'll get a questionnaire that, that, that really pops and things on there and you'll be like, damn, like this, this is actually, it's, it's actually different. And so with Brock's, there's a couple of points that really jump out. First of all, you're 31 years old, right? Yep, 31. 31 years old. You've been in the mortgage industry for 10 years and you've invested about 30,000 hours. Is that correct? That's right. And you are in the top one percent, the top one percent of originators in the country. Correct? Yep. Okay, those three things blow my mind. Okay, yeah. first of all, number one, and let's start here. You're 31 years old. I'm 28, and when I first started in real estate, like eight years ago, I was just a kid. Yeah. And one of the things that I noticed was I would walk into a room, whether it was a realtor meeting or a training or whatever, and it was a bunch of old guys, yeah, right? yeah. older people. Mm -hmm. And so it was hard for me at first to get people to take me seriously because real estate, mortgages, things like that usually is not something that a lot of kids get into, right? right? Kids in their early 20s. So did you find that that was the case with you when you started? And if so, how did you, how did you manage that? How did you manage to get people to take you seriously when you were just... Yeah, early no, that's 20s. a really good question. It's a it's a big challenge anybody that's young, you know, in their early twenties or even younger that get into our business. And for me, it was no different. It, I mean, you know, I had my dad there as as a mentor and to teach me the business. But it doesn't help being young. And I looked right. I looked a lot younger than twenty one when I got in the business. You know, so <laughs> it was tough. And you know, I'd meet with clients and and honestly, I didn't learn that I had to dress up. So I was kind of like in jeans and a t shirt. It was very hard to be taken seriously early. Um, so what I did to kind of combat that was I just put my head down and that's where how I got 30,000 hours. I mean, there were weeks, it's probably more than that to be honest. There were weeks that, you know, I'd get to the office at nine, I wouldn't leave until midnight and then I would be back up and, you know, back to the office at nine again yeah. for, for even months at a time, you know? Wow. So I invested a ton of time in just educating myself on the, the financial markets and what moves interest rates, why do interest rates move? How mm -hmm. can I guide my clients through this weird 
dynamic that really it's almost like the abyss. Nobody knows what it is right. um, unless you really take time to educate yourself. You know, so right. I took a lot of time, hours upon hours, doing that. I, I created a blog, so I forced myself day and night to write a blog post about what happened in the market. Mm. Mostly that was regurgitating other people's info, but it really educated me and, right. and helped me educate my clients. And then you know, beyond that, I just dove into how can I get creative and strategic on loan structures and. Mm. How can I bring something different to the table that's different than even these 40, 50-year-old, 30, 40, 50-year-old guys talking, or gals, I should say, any of my competitors talking about mm -hmm. loan programs that had more credibility just due to age? Right. How do I, how do I level up and, and compete when I'm 20? You know, and that's, that's what I found. Um, I just invested a lot of time educating myself and, and getting very experienced on and, and you know, hopefully even beating the competition as far as strategy and right. financing. So. so did you feel like you had to work harder because you were younger? Without a doubt. Like, yeah. do you feel like if you would have maybe, let's say you jumped into this at, at an older age, you think the dynamic would have been different? Maybe you would have, you wouldn't have, maybe you would have done it anyway, but maybe you wouldn't have been forced to work as hard because you were older? It's hard to say. You know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Okay. I think it's an extra layer of difficulty, but if you really take the time to be educated in your field, mm. people look at you when you're young because they don't think they can trust you because you're not old enough to be educated. Right. If you prove you're educated, it, it's getting over that one hurdle. Right. You know, but I've got people that get in the business at about my age, you know, or, or 28 to 30, somewhere in there. They, it's still very challenging because it's sales, you know, it's, right. it's a grind all the time. So yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily think it would have been easier. Uh, I would have just had the credibility, but right. if you take it seriously, it's an easy pump to get over. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. So I want to talk about these 30,000 hours because that to me is crazy. Now there's the common uh, concept that everybody talks about that in order to master a topic, it takes about 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. So in this case, you're not a master, you're a super sensei ninja, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever, whatever the next level is. And I was having a conversation with one of my agents just last week about trying to go the extra mile, yeah. right? I don't know a lot of people that can say that they've done this. I don't know if you would agree. Yeah. Um, why? You know, it's it's weird. It's how it came up. I was just driving with my wife, and I'm I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I can't believe I've been in the business ten years. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still twenty. You know, right. I don't feel any different. Right. Um, and I just started. I'm I'm kind of a math geek, hence the reason I'm in finances. You know, um, and I just got the calculator out. I'm like, man, I'll bet you I've averaged. I mean, this is conservative, average 55 hours a week in my industry, and that's wholehearted work, not right. 55 hours sitting at the office BSing. I mean, when I'm at work, I'm working hard, right. you know? So 55 hours a week invested, uh, generally six days a week, you know? So I would, I would, I would kind of weigh that out. It's probably more, honestly. In, in it's time. a lot. It adds up yeah. quick. But you just times that by 10 years, which is how many ever weeks that is. I can't it's remember, 520 weeks. Yeah. And, and that's how, how I get to the, the 30,000 hours of training, and it's like... I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's just a passion. I've, I've always been super hungry and, and progress drives me. That's right. what, you know, fulfills me in a sense uh, is just making progress. So I'm always eager to just dive in and, and learn more and get better. Yeah, that's that. That stat to me is super impressive. Now, just so that you guys know, I'm, I first met Brock at a meeting for an organization called YPN, Young Professionals Network. And I went there for a meeting and for one reason or another, I never went back. Okay. But what I noticed was, is that I would get a call from Brock Lassig every single Monday, <laughs> every single Monday, right? And for some reason, Brock always had bad luck and he literally always called at the worst time. Either I was in a meeting or I was going to a club or something. <laughs> 
But the point is, every single Monday, I got a call from Brock Lassick. And that, to me, was super impressive. That's, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk to you in the first place. Because cool. in training agents in this business, as you mentioned, it's sales. You have to go out. You have to talk to people. You have to make contacts. But for me, that is one of the hardest things to train on, to get people to do. Because talking to people is scary, making phone calls, cold calls, whatever. And I've noticed that you do it consistently. And even even after weeks that I wouldn't pick up the phone, you kept calling me, I right? Aggressively more aggressive. Yes, you so did. <laughs> <laughs> but where where does that come from? Because a lot of a lot of the agents they fear the rejection. They fear if someone doesn't pick up or if someone has a bad tone, they will not call back, and it just ruins their self esteem. Yeah. How do you keep up? that momentum to keep making those calls week after week, day after day, even if maybe the results that you're looking for don't materialize for a long time. Yeah, you know, I don't know how I talked myself into doing it early because I didn't have the, the track record to, you know, kind of talk back to myself and say, hey, man, you know that things turn out in the end, right. you know, and, and it takes a long time for whatever, like you've been busy. It's not that you didn't want to talk to me. It's right. not, you know, there was nothing to it. And I recognize that now. So I know that people aren't just, you know, purposefully jerks, right? Some are, it's rare, yeah. but um, it's not personal. That's right. It's not personal. So it's like, if I am just making it like what I know now is these efforts, no matter what, even if we don't talk, they make an impact. You, my reputation is upheld by even you. You talk well about me and my performance and we've never worked together right. just because you've seen my work ethic. So now I know that that's the, the consistent effort creates the results and you know, it takes a long time in sales to like, you would be somebody that I would go after as a realtor and a lender. You know, you'd be somebody I'd go after as a prospect to, to try and land in sales, right. much like a buyer for a realtor would be, you know, and, and until you're ready you're not ready. You know what I'm saying? But as long as I'm there and on top of mind, um, it's the consistency that, you know, that will earn me the opportunity. But trying to think of how I, I, it takes a lot of guts, man. You just got to give a pep talk to yourself and recognize like, just do the work. It sucks, but it it becomes a game too. After you get so many cold calls, you know, when I first got in this business, This is probably what did it for me. When I first got in the business, for six months, I worked at a company. I had to make 100 outbound calls every day. Oh, there you go. 100 a day. Yeah. I mean, 70 of those people hung up on me. The other 20, you know, cussed me out. And then 10 maybe turned into decent prospects. So, uh, you know, I think I just, I got tough skin and and recognized that success will come if you're consistent with it. Yeah, absolutely. And maintaining that kind of, of consistency, I would assume, takes massive organization. Yeah. Right, time blocking, things like that. So walk us through a little bit of, of your schedule, how you block out time um, and how you, because an, another issue that a lot of people have is they say, I'm too busy to make these calls, right? Yeah. Even even at the beginning, even when they don't have large amounts of business, yeah. we, we start to get busy and then the excuse comes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have time to make 100 calls, 50 calls, 10 calls. Mm-hmm. Even to your circle of influence, people that know you, right? So, so how do you how do you go about making sure that you have the time, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, whatever you have set up to actually get it done and not let other things get in the way? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I I won't lie, things do get in the way, but for me, making calls is not optional. And the way that I've ensured that that's the case is we have accountability set up every morning. 
my office, any person in sales in my office every morning at 8.30 a.m. And if you're one minute late, you owe 10 push-ups, two minutes, 20, so on and so mm, forth. So got it. you got to be on time uh, and the accountability is high. If you don't make 25 outbound sales calls the prior day, and it's, it's part of the honor system, you know, we don't track the sales calls or anything. Right. But reality is, is if you come in and you have to announce that you missed your goal and it's a dollar per missed call every day, mm. we donate to charity. But if you come in and announce that you haven't missed your call, the penalty hurts and you don't want to do it tomorrow. Got it. If you come in and lie about making your calls, the results aren't going to show and we're going to know you're lying. We're going to know you're lying. You know, of course. So um, I'm being, you know, a leader in this office. I I certainly can't look like the chump that can't make the calls, you know, because right. I'm telling these guys they got to make the calls. So for me, it's just, a, it's a decision that it's not optional. Like get in, make the calls. I don't care when it is. Like, and the other thing is, is being effective. A lot of, a lot of quality conversations happen in the white time. And what I mean by that in your calendar is mm-hmm. you've got an appointment. Well, your appointment is 10 minutes down I-15. So in 10 minutes, you can probably make five or six sales calls. Right. If you reach somebody, maybe it's only one or two, right? Yeah. Depending on how it goes. But uh, And then on the way back, you got a few sales calls to make yeah. again. And if somebody bails on an appointment, we know that happens, right? right. You've got 30 minutes to an hour, whatever. What do you do in that time, right? Fill it. Right. Yeah. Fill and it. So it's a not optional leveraging white time now, of course, I have the intention of, of a time-blocked power hour every single day, 90 mm-hmm. minutes a day, and most of the time, 70% of the time, I, I do it effectively. Right. The other 70%, it gets overwhelmed, and I fill it in with white time. Right. I always make the calls. Um, but I have a 90-minute time block, and I theme that time block. So every day, mm-hmm. so for example, Mondays, it's realtors. Tuesdays, it's update calls. So we update our entire uh, pipeline of deals. We call both agents and we call the clients. Got it. So Tuesdays I, I make update calls, but that's an easy sale, right? If I'm providing that value, right. I'm getting sales. Easier. You know? Correct. Uh, Wednesday we do our, our TBDs is what we call them. So we do the, uh, the clients that are out there shopping for a home that haven't gone under contract, but we have them pre-approved. Got it. We do those people. Uh, Thursdays I do my database. So every week I call 25 people out of my database. I do a letter per week. So it's, uh, you know, on the first week of the year, it's A. B, C, so on and so forth. There's 26 letters in an alphabet, 52 weeks in a year. You call your database twice a year. It really simplifies it. Fridays, I do my outbound prospecting for like cold calls, right. uh, builders, business people, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's time blocking, taking every minute and making Every it minute count. has to count. Yep. yep. And, and theme days, so I take the thought out of it. I don't have to think, man, who am I going to call today? I know. You, you have the structure. Yeah, right. structure. Awesome. White time. I love that. I'm going to try to to remember that. So I did a podcast just a couple weeks ago about work ethic. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with somebody about how I feel like nowadays a lot of these, especially young people, they don't want to work, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's because they want to create passive income, network marketing, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But I've had a lot of conversations with people saying that they want to retire when they're 30. They want to just like travel and just refresh their bank account every day and just see more and more money, right? <laughs> yeah. But it, it starts becoming this idea that work is bad. Mm-hmm. That if you work, you're a loser or you know you should work smarter, passive income, whatever it is. So but what I've what I'm hearing from you and what I've experienced in my own life is it takes ridiculous amounts of work mm-hmm. to actually have a result that may even allow you to have some freedom. Yeah. So what would you what would you say to a kid who is just starting out and mm-hmm. they have this mentality that they want to retire in five years and they just want to stop working because working is for losers essentially. Yeah. 
So it's a YouTube phenomenon. You know, that's what right. I think of it as. Mm -hmm. uh, people think, you know, you just got to be a gamer on YouTube and, and you'll, you're going to get subscribed, so subscribers and people are going to start advertising on your page and you make a ton of money. Right. Um, the reality is, like, those guys are just pursuing their passion. Their work is playing video games. If they stop publishing videos and playing video games, that video that they posted a couple years ago is antiquated. They've got to stay relevant. They've got to right. stay current, right? So people fool themselves into thinking that these folks that supposedly you know, work smarter, not harder, they have uh, residual income or, or passive income, uh, they're still working every single day. Right. Like it's, it, it's, a, it's not real. You know, it's people telling a story and unfortunately, well, whatever, it's not necessarily unfortunate, but our society buys in to you know, relishing in the success of others and, right. and, and watching what others do. But the reality is those guys are probably working harder or at least as hard as you and I are working, even right. though they make it look like, you know, they're, they've got this passive income. And, and the fact of the matter is you can't take everything at face value either. Like people will go on YouTube and talk about all these cool cars. They have young guys, cool cars yeah. and they got all this stuff. It's like, okay, it's well, not even real. No, it's not. <laughs> and even if it is real, guess what? I could buy all those cars too. But I'm looking forward to when I'm 40, 50 years right. old, my grandkids, their grandkids, like right. creating a real legacy is important. And that's something those guys don't, it's like living the, the, you know, how many celebrities and how many athletes do we know of that have made literally hundreds of millions and they filed bankruptcy. Oh, they lost it all. The majority. That's right. The majority. That's, that's what you see those people. Yeah. Doing. And the thing is, and I've even had it said to my face, people say, I wish I was an athlete because then I don't have to work. Right. Can you imagine how many hours they invested at the gym <laughs> yeah. just to get yeah. them? Thirty thousand, thirty thousand plus. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so it's absolutely crazy. And one of the things that you mentioned um, when I asked you about the habits that you have developed is that you don't get distracted. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of jump from thing to thing. Mm -hmm. For example, right now the real estate market is hot. So like the real estate schools, they're packed, -packed, yep. packed. Yep. Everybody wants to be an agent. Everybody, because right now it's quote unquote, it's, it's, it's easier. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so people tend to get distracted kind of chasing the golden ticket. Yep. And before, before we jumped on this interview, you mentioned that this stuff is boring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's so, so how do you, how do you maintain yourself? focused and not getting distracted yep. and routinely motivated to, to do these boring things when maybe people around you are jumping around doing more maybe exciting things. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you able to just stick to the basics? And, and, and even you mentioned new ideas, like new concepts and stuff. Um, how do you stick to the basics? So I will say I still vet out new concepts, mm -hmm. but it's a very limited time of my week. Right. I time block it. I get an hour a week to vet out new concepts. Um, but how I like, I, I, I just had since the beginning, like from a very young age, and I think anybody can develop this. It's just making that decision. Right. I've had such a conviction in knowing like for sure, no question I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what does it take? So I've, I've, you know, start down my path and I, I, I just learn. And, and what I've been good at is I've watched people that are more successful than me. They have more money than me. They close more loans than mm -hmm. me, whatever the case is, um, you know, whatever I'm focused on. Uh, and I'm professionally coached and have been for five years. Um, I watch people that are better than I am and mm -hmm. I just copy what they do. But even the more successful I get, I'm obviously chasing people that are even more successful. Even more successful. Um, every time I recognize they don't do anything glamorous or or exciting, it's mm -hmm. all the same stuff for like 25 years. Yeah. They just get in, do the work, and it creates the results. There's no magic sauce, it's just, you know, you, you gotta make a decision, find a passion, 
put your head down and work because yeah. if you don't, you start back at zero. So 30,000 hours in training, it's gotten me to a level where I'm pretty successful in my field. Well, if I would have gone, you know, the first 5,000 hours of training or even 10,000, I mean, there were months that I made $300 the entire month. Mm -hmm. I had a mortgage to pay. I had a truck payment to pay. It was stressful. Right. I could have easily, in fact, I remember times saying, I'm going to go get a part-time job. I yeah. reach out to the mentors in my life, talk through it with them. They're like, dude, you're nuts. Just make a few more sales calls. And you'll, and be, you'll be right one there. more deal. And you're there. You're, yeah. You're going to make as much on one deal as you would make working an entire month right. on that part-time job. So yeah. just put your head down and do the work, you know? And so yeah. That, that's no, absolutely. And you mentioned that you, you told yourself that you were going to be successful. I feel like there's the definition of success is, is skewed mm -hmm. for a lot of people. What does, what does that mean for you? When, when you say I'm going to be successful, does that mean money? Does that mean business success? Does that mean fancy cars? Does that mean multiple homes? What does that mean to Brock? Yeah, it's hard to say, man. It, that's an evolving thing. And I think as you grow and, and as you accomplish more, it continually evolves and your opinion changes a lot. Mm. Um, and lifestyle changes, you know, that type of thing. So when I was young, when I was five, right, that's when I made this decision. And I'm not kidding around. I'm not saying that to like be ridiculous. It right. literally was back then. What I saw was, so my parents were divorced mm. and my dad always had the coolest stuff. Drove the Porsche, drove the cool truck with Got the it. lift, had a boat, yeah. had the four-wheelers, all this stuff. But I, I saw him every other weekend, you know, oh, sometimes less. Right. So it was almost like the rich dad, poor dad thing where it's like, man, I'm looking at this like, wow, that's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know? That's yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. So I made the decision early. The monetary, or, uh, it was all monetary stuff, like, you know, material stuff. Yeah. Um, that that drove me for a long, long time. Yeah, you like, want you wanted to have toys, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I was the same way. Yeah. So vision boards, you know, and and that type of stuff, and that that literally kept me driven till I was thirty, mm -hmm. till just a year ago, and I was just constantly acquiring, and I got the house I want, I drive the car I want, I've got you know all the toys that I want, all this stuff. My yeah. wife drives a cool car. I'm, everything's awesome. The bank account has money in it, and now I'm like, okay, well, I'm thirty. Yeah. I've got a long time to live, right. you know, at my age, at our age, we could easily live till we're a hundred or more based right. on science, you know? So I started kind of looking when I, it's like I hit a midlife crisis at age 30, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, man, now what, what do I really want? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And so success to me today, you know, I think it's still cool to get those things, but it doesn't define success. I think it's being, uh, I don't know if it's right to say like worthy with your money, but it's, it's respecting money. Yeah. Don't go blow it. Like, we have such an opportunity. If, if you work hard and you make that money, you have such an opportunity to provide for yourself, your family, but f generations far into the future if you're smart with it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so success for me is is really being responsible with, with my money and, and building a nest egg and providing for future generations within my family, giving back to the community. Um, that's stuff that I'm now starting to use as my passion. Also, like I mentioned earlier, teaching... Like teaching my team about that stuff, yeah. about simple finances, because we don't learn that in like I no you don't me that. I had no idea no it's crazy. no idea and teaching guys like how to make a ton of money in sales but then what to do with it yeah um, that to me defines success you know I do this I did this calculation and uh, this is kind of the passion in, in a nutshell but a hundred bucks a month if if you, when you have a child right and I I've, I'm in the child having stage right yeah I've got one that's two I've got another one on the way. Um, a hundred bucks a month. If you save a hundred dollars a month, which almost any family can do, could do if they tried. Yeah, if you I were agree focused on it, a uh, hundred bucks a month for twenty-five years, that kid would have eighty-something thousand bucks by the time they're twenty-five. 
Uh, you tell them at 25, you got this money. You, we could use it. You maintain control of it, right? But you could use it or let me teach you the principles of the money, right? right. And teach our kids and, and hopefully future generations this, this uh, what money can do and the compounding effects. That 80-something thousand by the time they're 65, if they just don't touch it, they go work and work to enjoy life and, and do the things they want to do. Um, you know, you and I are partly are working because we got to provide. Yeah. You know, yep. if you get set your kids up in that way, and this is what success is to me, at 80-something 80 thousand bucks, um, by the time they're 65, is over a million dollars. It's like wow. one point, uh, almost 1.1 million yeah. bucks. Wow. Very few people that retire, even today, oh, yeah. have a million dollars in the bank. Yeah. You know, it's just- Almost it's, nobody. That's right. Yeah. And it takes $100 a month yeah. for 25 years. I mean, it's like, come on, that, even if you have three kids, 300 bucks a month, it's not chump change, but it's feasible. It is. If you're focused on it. It is. You know? Yeah. And that's actually the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because in your description, you said that one of your passions was preaching the principles of financial freedom. So- yeah. Um, I've had these conversations in the past as well of these little actions that people can take, for example, a hundred bucks a month. And some people are cynical because they say, well, you know, they know that I sell homes and they say, Hey, well you make you know $10,000 a sale or whatever. So it's, it, it's easy for you to say, mm-hmm. right. Or somebody m- might say to you, Hey, you know, you have all these cars or you have a team. It's easy for you to say mm-hmm. the principles of financial freedom. But for me that I work at Taco Bell, you know, and I'm trying to put myself through school, what are what 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 would be some some practical advice that that you would give someone who is in a position like that, where they can kind of start yeah. getting down that that well, path? Well, the fact of the matter is that's that's almost everybody, right? It, yeah, absolutely. It's almost everybody. So uh, I, I don't know what the stat is, but probably in the ninety something percent, ninety nine percent live paycheck to paycheck. Right. Even if they make six figures, right? It's right. ridiculous. Yeah. And it's the decisions we make. And what I believe is, it's, and, and some of this is preaching just my own personal beliefs and theories, right? But there's a societal issue where we we spoke about it earlier. We want it now. We want it easy. Yeah. We want instant gratification. That's what it is. So those people that work at Taco Bell, you know damn well, Christmas, birthday, payday, they're going to go out to the bar and they'll spend 100 bucks on drinks. They're going to go to Foot Locker. They'll spend 130 bucks on those Jordans. Yep. They're going to, you know, buy that new flat screen TV that's nicer than even the one yeah. that I have, and I could afford it easily. Right. Right. They're that's gonna, me, by the way, guys. I, I spend 130 dollars on Jordans. <laughs> hey, but you can, right? <laughs> yeah. But the, but you save money. <laughs> right. 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 Those yeah. people will still buy that stuff. Yeah. But they'll disagree. Yeah. And say I can't save money. Well, yeah. BS. You can yeah. save money. You just need to want to. Just don't and buy dumb stuff. Well, and it's a matter of, you need that vision, right? And I don't know how I possibly got it in my brain. I'm thankful that I did, right? But you need that vision. And that's something that I wish we would teach. It's, it's I told you it's a passion of mine and I'm, I'm chasing yeah, this thing. Right. And I'm going to take it big and I don't know how yet. I'm working through it. Yeah. Right? But we need to teach people and give people that vision that, dude, if you just, like if you start saving hundred bucks a month when you're 17 years old and you mm-hmm. save until you're 65, you're going to be a multi- You'll be a millionaire. millionaire. Yeah. Multi-millionaire. Yeah. Like, Beyond probably the richest person you know you could be right on very minimal small actions. Yeah, it's the compound effect. I don't know if you ever right. read that book, My but favorite book. yeah, it, it's it's small and it works with with anything with money with fitness with I mean you do the little things day in and day out and the results come. But the problem with people is they want to have you know. Ten twenty thousand dollars in the bank before they even think about starting to save, starting to invest, or or they have a checklist of things. As you mentioned earlier, they have a checklist of things that they want to buy mm-hmm. before they start to do those things, right. right? And so, no, I, I I absolutely agree. I wish that they would that they would have you know taught me any of this stuff in high school because 
I remember back in the day, I, I, I worked fast food on purpose mm-hmm. for two reasons. Number one, because I knew that I was going to make a ton of money, so I didn't have to help my parents out with the bills. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and awesome. number two, because it gave me enough to buy sneakers, right? Yep, yep. And so I, I didn't have anybody to tell me, hey, do this, do that, or do that. But I think that this $100 a month thing is super interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super interesting because, again, anybody can do it if they just want it bad enough, right? And the fact that at 65 and... If, like you said before, I mean, with science today, you can you can enjoy a million dollars, a million plus for you know 20, 30 years yeah. after yeah. you're 65. So I think that that's a super interesting, interesting concept. Yeah, it's crazy. And you just need that vision. Like you know, you can easily go to Foot Locker and you're like, dude, those are sick. Yeah, I need those shoes, whatever they are, right, or right. whatever it is. I mean, yeah, you know, females may want a purse or something. Right. right? You can go there and say, man, I want that, and you yeah. and, it, and you can go work hard for a couple months and you can go get that. Right. right? You need to have a. a deeper vision or, or not even like you need to have a purpose. You need to see like, what is reality? And the fact of the matter is like you said, it doesn't have like the, the big dollars come 20 years after saving 30 years after saving. Yeah. That's when it really starts taking starts to kick in. Yeah. It's, you know, those first 20 years, it's painful. Yeah. You know, you're like, man, I could just take this money and go on that cruise that I wanted to go on. But yeah. you can still do it as long as you're diligent, you even on a smart. very minimal wage. Yeah. You just gotta, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So a lot of our audience is local, Brock. So tell us where we can find you, where people can find you, what you do. Um, Tell us a little bit about, you know, your team and and, and how, how, how people can use you and plug into you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, of course I'm a mortgage guy. I'm at One Trust Home Loans. So we opened this branch here at One Trust about six, seven months ago. Very cool company. We are just off 106 South in South Jordan, so right on South Jordan Gateway, which is the first light west of the freeway. That's where we're at, uh, just off 106 South, but uh, One Trust Home Loans is the company. I run a production team, and then I have uh, another salesperson on my team as well that's kind of building his own team, but you know, my team is, is very tight-knit. We've been together a long time, and what we bring to the table for our clients is a lot of what we've talked about today. We take a strategic approach on how to properly structure the home purchase and and the finances that you have at your disposal to create as much wealth as possible. Now, I'm not a wealth manager, right? But I have a lot of experience in structuring it properly, a lot of education in the different types of loan programs. So I think what we bring to the table is a unique approach in ensuring that you're getting the very best loan, not just quoting like the lowest possible rate that that is on the market to set a hook and make it easy, right? right? We really take invested time in ensuring that people are positioning themselves properly. Um, and you know, service for us is key. We, we can close quick. We are well known in the, in the marketplace, uh, you know, so right. we, we get offers accepted, that type of thing. That's what I think we bring value to agents and, and their buyers alike, you know, but that's, I believe what sets us cool. apart. Awesome. So before I let you go, yeah. I just want to ask you one mortgage question that I get a ton. And obviously as a broker, I, I answer it every day, but I, I want your, your take on it for our listeners. Yeah. Somebody that has never thought about buying a home, what's step one? What do they have to do? Step one, man, you just got to get with a lender to open up the basically Pandora's box. We need to see into your situation and help guide you through, if you're not ready now, what you need to do to get ready. And we can optimize. So we always tell clients, like our ideal time is we want to work with clients six months prior to you actually buying a home. 
Oh, wow. Because that's six months. Like, it may very well be that I dive into the situation. There's nothing we can do to improve. And then we just sit there for six months and we follow up consistently. And at least you're educated on the market trends on a micro level. Right. You know, which is important when you're out buying a home. Yeah. But if there's something that you need to address or fix to optimize the loan terms, uh, you know, diving into this huge investment, that six months allows us plenty of time to either pay off this debt or reposition this. Or, right. you know, maybe you're like, we can strategize properly. Right. So, I think it's getting pre-approved so you know exactly where you stand and what you qualify for and not just guessing or you know listening to the people that have bought homes in the past. They're not experts. They're just home buyers, right? Like everybody right. else. So get with an expert and, and really get it. Awesome. And what he said, guys, is key. The fact that this guy would take six months to prep you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not getting paid. That's right. Right? So He's not going to make any money until you close, right? That's the nature of the business. So the fact that you would take that time that you're not getting paid for uh, and you'd, you'd make the effort up front, guys, to get you ready, to let you know what it is that you need to do, to take a deep dive into your finances, your credit, all that jazz is absolutely remarkable. So thank you so much, Brock, for, for joining me today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, my man. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much. Yeah. Appreciate it.